0: Three one three eight one four five six seven, or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview dot com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the virtual Bible study.
1: Welcome to the virtual Bible study. We're glad that you're a part of it tonight. It is Thursday, June fourteenth. We're live and we're ready to go. We hope you'll stay tuned for the next hour. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello,
2: Dad. Jacob, good to be with you tonight.
1: Good to be with you. And we have a guest from the co- congregation here. Anthony Petroshko is here. Did I get it right, Anthony? You got it right. Uh, that's good. Good job. <laughs> yeah, all right. We're glad you're here, Anthony.
2: Anthony's a new member of the congregation here, For the, been a member here for the last several months, and uh, has shown interest in the program. Anthony, we're glad you're joining us tonight. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be here. I'm looking forward to it. All right. Well, Dad,
1: we have an interesting discussion planned. We want to talk about lies that Satan wants us to believe. Satan is a liar, and uh, he wants us to believe lies.
2: Yeah, we want to talk about some of the some of the falsehoods that circulate in the world that have their root with Satan himself. Um, You know, Satan is referred to as our adversary in first Peter chapter five and verse eight. I think a familiar verse to many of our listeners says, be sober, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. And so we need to be aware that we have a very real adversary in Satan and he uses many different means to try and accomplish his purposes. And, of course, his principal purpose is to cause us to be lost forever. Uh, that's uh, uh, what he wants to do. And so in in order to accomplish that, he uh, works in very many different ways and tries to get people to believe things that are not so. So we want to talk about some of those things tonight, but we want to challenge our mm-hmm. listeners Think about some of the kinds of notions that are in people's minds that are absolutely false, that keep them from pursuing their, their own spiritual best interest. And, uh, you know, share those with us. Some lies that Satan promotes in the world, some things that he tries to get people to believe. That's what we want to talk about tonight. He's
1: looking for our soul, Anthony. And the scriptures tell us
3: that he's a liar. He uses lies as part of his tactics to get us to fall. Absolutely. Uh, Jesus you know, went on record for saying that, uh, that the devil was a liar and the father of, of lies. So. John, John 8, 44 right. uh, says that he is
1: a liar and the father of it. So we've got to be aware of these tactics. You know, dad, I don't think we, t- we think about that very often. The fact that, that Satan's going to lie to us, he's going to present falsehoods to us and
2: try and get us to fall as a result of those. And we need to be on guard against them. Exactly. Right. Um, and, and so th- that's the, that's the concept tonight. We can go a lot of different directions and we would like to get our listeners to participate by uh talking about some of the things that you see uh are some of the devices that Satan uses, some of the lies that he tells uh in the world. Um and and that that's the way we want to go.
1: All right. The number to call is we have a new number tonight, a new eight hundred number, dial eight seven seven nine or three 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 eight one four five six seven. 877 381 4567.
2: It's really the same number, but it's toll free now. It, it, instead of having to dial our typical Middle Tennessee area code, just go 877 381 4567.
1: We'll pay the bill tonight, so give us a call. 877 381 4567, anywhere, wherever you are listening tonight. We look forward to hearing from you. If you don't want to call and you don't want to be on the program with your voice, be on the program with your email. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We're looking forward to your participation on the program tonight. Again, we're asking you the question, what are some lies that Satan uses to try and get people to fall? You probably know of some lies he's used on you. Let us know your thoughts. Again, 877-381-4567 or questions at collegeview.com.
2: In 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, Paul says, "...lest Satan should get an advantage of us, for we are not ignorant of his devices." Uh, Satan uses a whole lot of different ways and we need to be aware of them and that's what we want to talk about tonight. Let me start it off, Jacob, by suggesting that Satan would love for people to believe that if you choose to be a Christian, well, you're just going to live a sad, miserable, horrible life. You're going to just you're just going to be in misery most of your life and now you may get to go to heaven ultimately but your life here is just going to be horrible it'll be a terrible existence if you choose to be a christian uh that's just a lie that's absolutely a lie in fact jesus himself said in john chapter 10 and verse 10 i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly jesus came to give the abundant life now we certainly believe that the ultimate prize of being a Christian is to be rewarded with heaven through God's grace and mercy, that we might be have heaven as our eternal home. But Jesus suggested an abundant life comes to those who live for him here and now as well. And I think that's an important principle. I really believe that our lives are enriched in this present world when we choose to live as a Christian.
1: That's right. Satan wants us to think, though, that God is trying to kill all of our our pleasure in this life and wants us to be miserable and that simply is not the case. You know, Anthony, to make a parallel to your children, I'm sure your children think that you're no fun sometimes and that you're just trying to make their lives miserable by giving them a bedtime and telling them to eat their vegetables, but that's not the case. You're looking out for their own best interests. The
3: parallel is for us as well. Our Heavenly Father is doing the same. Right. That's right. You know, uh, God has our best interests in mind and our lives, our life isn't always going to be, uh, you know, uh, roses and, and uh, hearts and balloons and and happy things, but You know, Paul, uh, looking at the example of the life of Paul, I mean, here's a person who suffered uh, immense persecution, pain and suffering. Yet in the book of Philippians, he he says in uh, chapter four, verse four, he says, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. And he says that as we uh, pray to God and make our supplications, that we will have the peace of God, which passes all understanding. Um, So, uh, you know, he was a person who had a very difficult life in a lot of aspects, yet he was full of joy. So we can take
2: a lot from the life of Paul. Absolutely, I think that's right. I'm reminded also of an Old Testament passage that, uh, where Moses spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy 6:24, and said, "The Lord commanded us to do all these statutes to fear the Lord our God for our good always, that He might preserve us alive as it is this day." I think a lot of people have a mistaken view of God and the idea that they sort of view God as, as this celestial killjoy, that his purpose is just to keep us from having fun, to, to to enforce rules that sort of burden us down and make us miserable, and that God really – you know he he likes the idea to be, of being the boss he carries a big stick he's he's made hard rules and he's just looking for a chance to smack us down when we break those rules that god is just really mean and vindictive that is a totally mistaken and erroneous view of god god is a loving benevolent heavenly father and the rules that he has made He's made for our good. Our life is not going to be miserable by following his rules. Our lives is going to be enriched. You know, We could th- probably think of a hundred examples of this, but just take the example, God's prohibition about drinking alcohol. Well, that's in our best interest. Nobody is well served to drink alcohol. Look at all the misery that that has brought into the world. And so God has actually protected us by establishing a law, asking us to keep from that. And in doing so, we're made better. You think about the characteristics and aspects of
1: God and to think that God would give an instruction that would be bad for us or detrimental goes exactly against God and his nature and his love for us. If he would to give instructions that would be destroying us, that's not that's not aligned with what we know about God and his character. So we have to understand what they should have understood in the Old Testament, that God's instructions are for our good always. But Dad, we also have to frame this the right way. God's instructions are for our good, but we may not understand them at a, at the time that we have to go through what we're going through. We may not understand that God's instructions are for our own best interest. It may appear to us that God's instructions are detrimental to us and are going to be destructive to our lives, but we have to have the faith enough to follow them. You know, some people look at God's instructions and say, well, that doesn't make any sense to me. If I were to follow that instruction, that would make my life miserable. And so they don't follow God's instructions because it doesn't look like something that's good to us at the time that we're going through whatever we're going through. That doesn't mean that it's not
2: God's will. So we got to have faith that God knows best and follow His will. You know, another factor in that sometimes sinful men bring hardships upon those who are trying to live faithfully. You know, uh, Paul said in uh, in um, I never remember if it's First or Second uh, Timothy. 2 Timothy 3, is it 2 Timothy? 3? Yeah, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. 2 Timothy three twelve says, Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. That's because of sin in the world and sinful men in the world who bring persecution on those who are trying to do right. And so as we try to do right, we may sometimes suffer for that, but it's not because God's laws are are bad it's because of sinful men in the world who've perverted things and 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 bring hardship on those who are trying to do right but but the principle stands that God's rules are for our good always all right the number to call the unique number tonight and
1: hopefully from here on out the 800 number that we have is 87738145678773814567 877-381-4567. 877-381-4567. we'll pay the bill give us a call Or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. If you're just joining us tonight, we're talking about lies that Satan wants us to believe. Satan is the father of lies. He is a liar, and he wants your soul. He wants you to be lost eternally. And he's going to use lies as one of his tactics to try and get you to fall. We're looking at the first lie that we've talked about tonight, is that is that Satan wants us to believe that if we follow Christ and we try to live a life that's pleasing to God, we will be miserable and sad and have a terrible existence on this life. We've seen that lie. We've seen it. A lot of people have that view. A lot of people are buying into that lie. It simply is not the case.
2: Deuteronomy six twenty four again says, "God's instructions are for our good always." You know, I believe. I I believe I could say this fairly and honestly. Say that the happiest, most satisfied, most fulfilled people that I've ever known have been Christians. And I, I mean, I, I would I would I would state that against. Uh, those who live after the world, who pursue, try to pursue the pleasures of sin. I mean, if, if, if I, I would challenge our listeners, as as you think about it, think about the people that you've known who've had the happiest and most fulfilling lives. Who were they? And I, I believe without exception, you'll say they were the people who are trying to live like the Bible teaches. Now,
1: we're not saying that people who are living after the world are miserable all the time because Hebrews chapter 11 tells us that there are pleasures of sin. Hebrews 11, verse 25 talks about pleasures of sin for a season, Anthony. Those pleasures are temporary and passing, and true enduring happiness comes
3: from serving God. That's right, we know that the the wages of sin is death. So while uh, sin may result in pleasure for a season, as you said, uh, we know the ultimate end of that. And that uh, true happiness is found in following Jesus. Even the ultimate end of it, you know, eternally the ultimate end is, is destruction. But even in this life, the ultimate end of
1: sin is the destruction that uh, that you mentioned there, the death that we, we will have to suffer throughout this life as well, being separated from God.
2: Exactly right. So, um, again... Our first point, we're, we're, we're suggesting a point here, but we want to get some suggestions from our listeners as well. What are some of the deceptive lies that Satan has promoted in the world? People believe them. People buy into them, and they buy into it to their own spiritual peril. What are some of the lies Satan has told? We've suggested one here, and that is the idea that living a Christian life leads to sadness and misery, which is just not so.
1: What do you think the chances are, though, that there are some people who are professing to be Christians who have bought into at least this lie and to some, to some extent have bought into the lie that Satan's presenting here to us that if we're following God, we're going to be sad and miserable.
2: I'm sure there are some. Uh, I think it's a mistake. I think it's a mistaken view and, and it's short-sighted. Uh,
1: I, think there's, I think there may, there may are quite a few because, because when we come to those difficult instructions that mean we're going to have to change in order to accept them or we're going to have to go through something that's uncomfortable in order to accept them, What's the first reaction that we have is we try to bend those instructions to try and get out of having to submit to something that we think is going to be uncomfortable. So we have, in effect, bought into this lie that if I follow God, I'm going to be sad and miserable. If we truly understood that God's instructions were for our good always, when we found an instruction that was difficult... We wouldn't have any problem accepting that because we would say, well, I understand that I may not, I may not have a full uh, grasp of what this, how this could be for my benefit, but I understand the principle that God's instructions are for my good always. So I'm going to do that instruction. It may seem difficult to me at the time, maybe seem uncomfortable, but I believe that God's instructions are for my good always, and so I'm going to do it.
2: That's right. We got to have the faith that the God who created us knows us better than we know ourselves, and He knows what's best for us. And then we just got to have the faith to do what He said.
1: All right, let's take a break. The number to call, 877-381-4567. The email address to use is questions at collegeu.com. Use those avenues to get in touch with us tonight and let us know some of the lies that Satan, the father of lies, is using in the world today to get people to sin. What lies has he tried on you to get you to sin? Let us know your thoughts. We're going to take our first break, and we'll be right back after this.
0: After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break.
4: Hello, everyone. I'm Britt Haynes. I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. A lot of people in the religious world today tell us that as long as our heart is right and we truly love God, we can do whatever we want in our service to Him. They say that what we do doesn't matter because God is only interested in our heart. I believe they have it all wrong true god is interested in our hearts but he's also interested in our actions one reason why is because our actions describe the true condition of our heart. This is what Jesus taught in Matthew 12, verse 34, when he said, For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. So I believe that if we are doing whatever we want to in our service and are not serving God exactly like he has asked, then our heart is not right before God. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to making sure that both our hearts and our actions are pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to join us for worship this Sunday morning at 9:30 a.m. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the virtual Bible study.
0: We're waiting to hear from you. Call in right now and join in on the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. We're glad you're a part of it, and we're looking forward to hearing from you. Again, we're looking at lies Satan, the father of lies, is trying to use on us to get us to sin, and we want to hear from you. We want to hear the lies that you have then have experienced from Satan temptations that are presented to you in the form of lies, and we would like to hear from you on the program again, the eight hundred number to use is eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. Or send us an email to questions at com. We're looking forward to your participation on the program
2: tonight. It actually isn't an 800 number. It's an 877 number. It's a toll-free, toll-free number. number. There you go. Yeah, Toll It's free. in the 800s still. <laughs> yeah, it's toll-free. That's new this week, and we hope we'll keep that up. Uh, so give us a call, 877-381-4567. It's the same number we had before just Put the 877 there instead of our area code, and we'll pay for the bill. So give us a call from anywhere, I guess anywhere in the U.S., we're toll-free. Um, we got an email coming in, and that's another way you can contact us, questions at collegeview.com. We've got a, an email from Mike in Cullioca, Tennessee. Mike, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study tonight. <clears throat> and he, We're talking about lies Satan tells, and he says, One thing you hear a lot in the world is that it doesn't matter where you worship or what denomination you attend. So Mike is suggesting that is a lie, and I'd have to agree wholeheartedly that that's a lie that a whole lot of people have bought into. I I would guess the majority of people uh, that are in our religious acquaintance have bought into this notion that it really doesn't matter that you can choose whatever religion you want. or uh, Well, some people perhaps would be specific enough to say it has to be some sort of a, quote, Christian religion, unquote. But as as long as you believe in Christ, you can attend any denomination, any religious organization that professes to believe in Christ. You can do your own thing; it really doesn't matter because the Lord doesn't care about that. He does not care about details. He really, what he really wants is just you know to have a good, sincere heart. And as long as you believe in Jesus and are sincere about it, that that's really all that matters. And I think that that is a classic lie of Satan. And really. He, I think in our own lifetime, well, my lifetime, you guys are younger than me, but in my lifetime, I think that I've seen that this, this lie in particular has really been pushed and, and, and su- Satan has succeeded in getting people to believe that. I, I can remember when I was younger that it was common that if, if people of different denominational uh, beliefs would make some effort to defend their belief. Uh, you know, For instance, it was common for members of the Church of Christ to have debates with, with people who were Baptists. The Baptists would make some effort to defend their point of view. These days people don't think that it's necessary to defend your point of view because everybody has come to the notion that you're okay, I'm okay, everybody's okay, just, just as long as you sincerely serve the Lord. What about that, guys? What do you think? Well,
1: I think that the people who would promote that surely would draw a line somewhere you know people say it doesn't matter where you worship what you do religiously certainly they would draw a line somewhere would that person say it's all right to worship satan and go to a satan worshipping church
3: yeah i think uh, i think that's right jacob i think there's sometimes sort of a double standard you know people will say will avow tolerance and and these sorts of things but you're right if you really got down to it they probably do draw a line somewhere but just the whole idea of of pluralism and tolerance has become so rampant in our society and it, it really is you know breaking down our our social uh framework it, it's really uh wreaking a lot of havoc in our society
2: so no, we're not and and it's that idea that we just can't judge anybody we can't tell anybody right. they're wrong everybody's okay
3: right it's it's funny you know the the classic passage uh, from jesus sermon on the mount judge not that you be not judged um I, i've seen that you know, we often say that, well, people need to read on and read more than just, than that first, uh, line. I've seen it shortened all the way to just judge not yeah. on, a, on a license plate. So that's getting shorter and shorter. Um, so it, it really is a shame.
2: Well, you know, I think that text that you suggested there, Anthony, actually proves the error of this idea. As you said, Matthew chapter 7, verse 1 begins with judge not, that you be not judged. But he goes right on to explain the kind of judging that he has in mind. It's a hypocritical, hypocritical judging that looks to others' faults without correcting your own uh, he says in verse three, why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, but considerest not the beam that is in thine own eye? Or how will thou say to thy neighbor, let me pull out the mote out of thine own eye, out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. Thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Notice Jesus said, he didn't say, ignore The problem with your brother. In other words, and this is King James English, and I think it usually helps to describe it as: here's here's this guy who's got a speck of dirt in his eye, and a guy with a board sticking out of his eye is trying to get the speck or the little bit of dirt out of out of his friend's eye. No, he says, get the board out of your own eye first. But notice, he said, then you can help get the speck out of your brother's eye. He didn't say ignore the speck in your brother's eye. He said, take care of your issues first, and then you can help. As you go on in that same chapter, and this is all in the Sermon on the Mount, in uh, Matthew 7, actually the Sermon on the Mount is in Matthew's account, chapters 5, 6, and 7. The whole chapter here in chapter 7 is included in the context of that Sermon on the Mount. And he actually says just a few verses later in Matthew 7, Beware of false prophets which come to you in cheap clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. Um, ye shall know them by their fruits, Matthew seven fifteen and 16. Well, that would imply making a judgment as to who's a false prophet or a false teacher. Um, so in, in, you know, it is a very much misused notion that we can't judge and, it, and that we should allow everyone to do as they please and that it really doesn't matter. It is a lie that Satan has used, and he's got a lot of people that are repeating the lie. A lot of people
1: have bought into the lie that Satan has presented, that it doesn't matter where you worship, how you worship, what you do in the service of God. As long as you call it worship, as long as you call it service to God, then God will be happy with it. That's what Satan has taught people. That's what a lot of people in the religious world believe. Certainly a lie that has been propagated and has been very successful for Satan.
2: Let's go, if we go just a little bit further there in Matthew 7, still in the Sermon on the Mount, some verses that really directly address this, Matthew 7, beginning verse 21. Not every one that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, and in thy name have cast out devils, and in thy name done many wonderful works? And then will I profess unto them, I never knew you, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. I really think that's a telling passage. We often reference it, but it's notable that this is describing sort of the judgment day scene, and Jesus is talking about some people there who call him Lord, so they're obviously believers. They believe in Jesus. They call him Lord. But he says, it's not just those who call me Lord, but those who do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. And then he, he suggests that some would e- will even argue their case in the day of judgment. Lord, have we not... Prophesied in thy name and in thy name have cast out devils. In thy name done many wonderful works. And so not only were they believers, but they were religiously active people. But Jesus says, I will profess unto them I never knew you. Depart from me ye that work iniquity. Again, this is King James I'm reading. The word iniquity there in newer translations will say something like lawlessness. They were doing their they believe in Jesus and they were religiously active, but they were doing their religious deeds contrary to the law of god and they would be lost jesus clearly says that they're going to be lost because of that depart from me i never knew you uh you who work iniquity so i think that's a really good passage that addresses that lie that, that Mike brings up in his email, the idea that it doesn't matter where you worship, what denomination you're a member of, you can do your own thing religiously, basically. I think you're exactly right, Mike. That's a true lie of Satan.
1: Thank you for your email tonight, Mike. The number to call is 877-381-4567 or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com as we talk about the lies that Satan uses in the world today. You know, tied up in that lie that Mike present, that Mike, uh, called our attention to there is another lie and, uh, it, it goes something like this. You know, we, we talk about people and they, they think that they can worship God however they want to. And a lot of, a term you hear a lot today is that people are on a religious journey. And, uh, you're on some type of path where you are trying to find your way to God. And whatever draws you nearer to God and what makes you feel like, uh, you're in a closer relationship to God, then that is how you should worship God. And you just sort of go through life on this journey and you're trying to find the faith that works for you, and the practices that work for you. You know, that's closely related to another lie, Dad, that Satan presents to us, and that is that you can make up your own way. You can figure out what makes sense to you and how you ought to be living your life. You figure that out for yourself. Satan wants you to make your own decisions about how you should serve God. Satan wants you to think that you have the ability to do that. So,
2: sort of the idea that we ought to be allowed to live by our own rules that we should be able to set the rules for ourselves and yet the scriptures plainly teach that that doesn't work jeremiah 10 verse twenty three, O lord i know that the way of man is not in himself it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps you know that's been proven again and again when men have been left to their own devices they have ended up in all kinds of trouble all kinds of misery um and so you know the idea that we should be allowed to live by our own rules—that's that's not even true in in human relations. You know, the government doesn't let us live by our own rules. When we leave here tonight to drive home, Jacob, I suspect that we'll have to comply with the with the norms of the traffic uh, codes, or else we'll probably end up in a wreck. Uh, at the very least, we'll end up with a ticket. So we 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 accept that rules have to be followed, and and religiously to think that there shouldn't have to be any rules is just foolishness.
1: You know, it is a appealing lie though, Anthony, when we think about it, that Satan uses it. It's it, it's awful attractive to me to think that I can make up my own rules and I can figure out what makes the most sense to me. I like that and I sure would like to to buy into what Satan's presenting there that we can make up our own mind as to what we should do.
3: Right. I, I think Satan's very smart in appealing to the human nature of you know being uh you know being your own master and you know i can do whatever i want and make my own way and you know in our society as well we kind of foster that whole idea of uh you know doing your own thing be your own person um you know children have such an issue with authority it's kind of hip in our culture to to buck authority and to go against the grain and um You know, and you were talking about taking a religious journey, and I don't know much about Eastern religions, but that sounds an awful lot like, you know, say in Buddhism, you know, meditating and trying to find that nirvana and doing all these things, and it's very hip today. Right. Uh, You know, so it's certainly a lie that Satan has propagated and and done a good job.
1: You know, he has framed up this lie that you can make up your own way. He's framed it with a little bit of scripture, and that scripture is the golden rule. You know, do unto others. And uh, people have decided that if they can somehow figure out where this is what they would want other people to do to them and what, the, what they think is good for other people, then that's what they are going to do. And they use that as an excuse to do all kinds of things that are not right. For instance, the acceptance of homosexuality. Uh, people say, well, I'm going to accept that because if I was a homosexual, I would want people to accept me. And so they're using a little bit of Scripture to violate God's law and his clear law against things that Satan's are
2: Satan's master at that you know you remember in Matthew chapter 4 Satan used scriptures when he tempted Jesus so Satan loves to to throw in a little scripture add a little a little of that in to sort of muddy up the arguments in people's minds
1: so you make up your own rules and you sort of if you can somehow
2: abstractly tie
1: them into a golden rule where you think it's how you think other people would want to be treated then you just go for it, even if it's a direct opposition to God's law.
2: Proverbs 16, verse 25 says, There is a way that seemeth right unto a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. In other words, it might seem right to us, but that doesn't prove it is right, and it just leads to destruction. You know, the thing of it is, God has allowed us to live by our own rules if we choose to. But if you choose to live by your own rules instead of his... Then you can't please him and you can't go to heaven when this life is over. I, I remember a story years ago. Some of, some of the listeners who are a little older will remember when UCLA had a long run of championship basketball teams and the coach out there was John Wooden. He was, he was probably one of the greatest basketball minds that ever lived. And he had a number of star players. One of them was Bill Walton, but John Wooden was a strict disciplinarian. And he insisted on the players having haircuts, and they couldn't wear facial hair. And he was very strict and disciplined. And uh, at the start of a new season, Bill Walton came in for the first practice, and he had long hair and a beard. And uh, Coach Walton or uh, Coach uh, Wooden said, you're going to have to go get a haircut and shave that beard off. And Walton said, I, I have a right. I, sh- I should be allowed to wear my hair like this and have a beard. And Coach Wooden says, you're right. You do have that right. But you don't have a right to play on this team if you're going to if you're going to have that appearance. And that's sort of the way it is with God. We have a right to do as we please. He's given us that right to make our own decisions to do as we please. But you, if you if you make that decision to follow your own course, then you're excluding yourself from God's blessings and His eternal rewards. All right, we are looking forward
1: to hearing from you. What are some lies that Satan has used on you? What are some lies you believe he's using in the world today? send us an email to questions at com or call us toll-free at 877-381-4567. We'll continue right after this.
0: These guys are doing all of the talking. We need to hear from you. Call in now. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before.
1: Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again.
3: Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it.
1: (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's
4: time you knew the truth.
0: I'm gay. And at 9 o'clock, It's the show that television magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN.
2: I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny.
5: My name's Roger Toomes and me and my wife love to listen to the virtual Bible study on Thursday nights.
2: For he hath
0: said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues.
1: Welcome back to the virtual Bible study tonight. Thank you for being a part of it. We want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. The members of the College View Church of Christ are committed to battling against Satan and his lies that he presents to us on a daily basis to live a pure life that's pleasing to God. If you're interested in doing the same, we encourage you to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. Visit our website, collegeview.com, or call us anytime at 877-381-4567 to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. Or better yet, come and join us at any of our worship periods together. We meet on Sunday mornings at 930 a.m. and Sunday evenings at 6 p.m., And then on Wednesday evening, we meet at 7 o'clock on Wednesdays. We encourage you, if you're in the Columbia, Tennessee area, to come and worship with us at your earliest convenience. We're talking about the lies that Satan uses in the world today to try and get people to sin. Again, we're noting that Satan is the father of lies, and he uses lies as he goes about as a roaring lion looking for souls to devour. He wants your soul. He wants you to be lost eternally. He's going to use whatever lie he can think of to get you to fall. So what are some of those lies? We need to know them, Dad, as you mentioned, so that we can be aware of his devices and we can be on guard against them.
2: Exactly right. Got an email from Mike here in Columbia, Tennessee. Mike, we're glad you're listening to the virtual Bible study, and he sends in some facts quoted from the National Survey of American Families, and here's some stats. Think about this. In 2004, there were about 5,080,000 unmarried couples in America. Uh, So that's now that's about three years old, but over five million unmarried couples in America, over half of all first marriages are now preceded by living together compared to 50 years ago when there were virtually none of that. So think about there's five over five million unmarried couples in America and half of all first marriages are now preceded by living together before married 50 years ago. That was unheard of Between 1960 and 2004 the number of unmarried couples in America increased by over 1200%. And so now think about that there's about a 40 there's a little over 40 year span and uh, the number of unmarried couples over 1200% higher now than it was 40 years ago. Now Mike references Hebrews 13:4 where it says let marriage be held in honor among all and let the marriage bed be undefiled but fornicators and adulterers God will judge. Now here's his observation Satan is lying to people when they believe that marriage is old fashioned and that it's okay to live together without being married. That's his observation. Again, I'd have to agree. And I think Mike has hit a a true lie of Satan that has really become accepted in the world. And that is that it's okay to live together in uh, not being married. Very common, very prevalent. Uh, and you know, I, I can well remember 40 years ago that that would have been a shameful thing. Now there's no shame attached to it. People do it openly. In fact, if you read the vital statistics in the local newspaper when they list the births, uh, it's more common to find a baby born and mother and father apparently not married because they don't share the same name. When you see that list in the newspaper, there's more unmarried women giving birth to children than there are married couples.
1: Well, certainly a lie that's being told. Probably that lie is the result of other lies that that Satan's telling us about our family relationships. And one of those lies, Dad, is that divorce is okay and uh, that we can get a divorce for any reason that we have a desire to, and it doesn't matter. Um, And so uh, what happens is we have divorces all over the place, and then as a result, people buy into this lie it's okay to live together. We need to try on the shoe before we buy it. And uh, so... You know, there's all kinds of lies that Satan's propagating about the family uh, structure today.
2: You know, I, I have a good friend uh, who preaches up in Indiana, Bob Hines, and he he made an observation about this living together thing that I have never been able to forget. I think it's it's so well put. He says people think they have to live together to see if they're compatible, and what they're talking about principally is if they're sexually compatible with one another and living together. He says that's not the way you test compatibility. He says if you want to see if you're compatible with another, he says wallpaper a room together. He says that's a much better test, and I actually think he's probably right on that. Uh, but but it is a lie of Satan, and and the scriptures are very plain that those who commit sins of sexual immorality are going to be judged by God. The verse that Mike brought up in his email, Hebrews thirteen four fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. That's a fact, and it needs to be stressed.
1: All right, the number to call is 877-381-4567. Send us an email to questions at com. Thank you for listening tonight, Mike, and thank you for your good comment. We're talking about the lies that Satan is propagating, trying to get us to fall so that we can be lost and we can enjoy some of the uncomfortable things that he has in store for us. We've talked about the fact that God wants the best for us. Satan wants our destruction. He's using lies to get us to fall into the traps he has set for us.
2: With with Mike's uh, email there uh, leading to another point that we might want to talk about, maybe stressing to our young people who are listening, you know, there's a lie of Satan that says that when you're young, you really are not totally accountable, that, that it's understood that you're going to sort of sow your wild oats that's an old expression, but I think everybody still pretty well recognizes what that means. So you're gonna sow your old your wild oats and then when you get older, then you'll kinda of settle down and, and then you'll begin to live the Christian life and then and that, that that God understands that and that's that's the way it is, that's the reality of things. And I think a lot of especially young people have bought into that thinking that they that they're not accountable, that they that they're allowed to do things that would be wrong for an older person to do but it's not wrong for them because they're young and that's just the way it is and that's that's a true lie of satan
1: well and to find out that it is a lie anthony we would just have to talk to someone who's older who has sown those oats and had them come home to harvest and you know we talk to people and we can look at our own lives the things we've done in the past and the regret that comes as a result of that young people would be wise to talk to people who've
3: gone down that road and find out that it is a lie that satan is, is telling us Absolutely, and it kind of goes back to the point we made earlier. Of it, in our society, we emphasize people finding their own way, and, and this sort of thing. But you're right. I mean, you could, uh, if you had a penny for every person who has regrets from their childhood or from their period of sowing their wild oats, I mean, you'd be a rich person. Um, you know, we all recognize the kind of the fact that if I knew then what I know now. Uh, I think there's, you know, a book by that name or something yeah. along that, those lines. Um, so w- I think we recognize the fact that uh, that we tend to make mistakes in those younger years. And, you know, there's no there's no dignity. There's no um, value in you know being as as rebellious as you possibly can and somehow getting it out of your system. Uh, you know, discipline and bringing yourself, uh, your body and your mind under subjection is is what god would expect us to do um you know so when we do the opposite of that we're just setting ourselves up for for heartache down the
2: road a passage that comes to mind is and i think it's one that's familiar and frequently used along these lines is ecclesiastes 11 beginning at verse 9 where solomon says rejoice O young man in thy youth and let thy heart cheer thee in the days of thy youth and walk in the ways of thine heart in the sight of thine eyes but know thou that for all these things God will bring thee into judgment. Remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. While the evil days come not, nor the years draw nigh, when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. I think there's several things worth noting there. First of all, it starts out by saying, Rejoice, O young man, in thy youth. Youth is a special, happy time, and God wants young people to enjoy that that stage of life. But while you're enjoying that, don't forget that you're still accountable. It says, know thou that for all these things, God will bring thee into judgment. In other words, God wants you to enjoy your youth, but you're still accountable. This idea that young people are not accountable, that that it's understood that they're going to do certain things and it just has to be allowed. That's not true. Uh, and then Solomon urges, remember now thy creator in the days of thy youth. God wants, requests, and demands that young people serve him, be obedient, remember him even in the days of their youth. And the danger of delaying that obedience is the evil day, uh, the, uh, while the evil days come not nor the years draw nigh when thou shalt say, I have no pleasure in them. Too often those who sow their wild oats who think that later on I'll come back to serve the Lord never come back. Uh, and, and, and I think Solomon was warning about that danger there when he said the evil days will come when you say, I have no pleasure in them. All right. So, so we got uh, Solomon had some really important words of wisdom there, concerning that false notion that you know sow your wild oats as a young person. That's what Satan wants young people to believe, but it's a definite lie.
1: Instruction, First Timothy four verse twelve. Though Anthony is for those who want to be pleasing to God, there's a there's a pattern for us there
3: in First Timothy four verse twelve. Absolutely. Uh, The verse says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, and in purity. Uh, You know, the word purity there, we're to remain pure uh, during our youth. And, you know, that sets us up for a a life of service uh, and happiness, as we mentioned in our first point, uh, through serving God.
1: You won't have any regrets when you're 30 40 years old if you lived a life of purity when you were a teenager satan doesn't want you to realize that though he wants you to think that you need to sow some of those wild oats you need to do to tarnish your garments soil your garments as a young person so that he can have an opportunity to get you to fall later on in life hopefully simply a lie that satan's using we need to be on guard against
2: it i think that's exactly right and i, I hope that any young people who are listening to the program tonight will take that to heart and realize that It's an important time in your life. God wants you to enjoy it, but you're accountable. And again, that's because it's in your best interest to be accountable and to adhere to the laws of God.
1: All right, let's take our last break. And when we get back, we want to hear from you. We'd like for you to try out our new toll-free number tonight. It won't cost you a dime, 877-381-4567, or send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. We'll take it to the top of the hour. When we get back, the virtual Bible study will continue right after this.
0: Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study
5: continues after this announcement. Hello, everyone. I'm Monty, a member of the College View Church of Christ. So you've been hearing all about the College View Church of Christ on the virtual Bible study and are interested in finding out more about the church. But you live hundreds of miles away from Columbia, Tennessee, and can't come and visit with the congregation to find out more. There's no reason to fear. After all, we live in the 21st century. Here's what you can do to find out more about the College View Church of Christ. First, why don't you check out our website while you're listening to the virtual Bible study. You'll find important information about the church there, including bulletin articles there on various subjects, and can even listen to sermons that have been presented at the College View Church in the past. Secondly, if you have questions about the church or about any Bible teaching, why don't you send an email to us and let us know how we can help. Send your questions to questions at collegeview.com. That address, once again, is questions at collegeview.com. We can even have a personal Bible study with you over email if you desire. And finally, if you would rather talk with someone in person, give us a call at 931-381-4567. That's 931-381-4567. You can call this number anytime. If you don't get an answer, leave a message and we'll call you back as soon as we can. We're glad you're listening to the Virtual Bible Study and hope to hear from you soon.
4: I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the Virtual Bible Study.
0: Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the Virtual Bible Study every week. Now, back to the program.
1: Welcome back to the Virtual Bible Study. Thank you again for joining us on the program tonight. We're looking forward to your participation. You can join in on the discussion by calling 877-381-4567 or by sending your question or comment to questions at collegeview.com as we discuss lies Satan is using on us to try and get us to sin.
2: We got an email from Dan up in Greenwood, Indiana. Dan, we're glad you listened listening to the Virtual Bible Study tonight. He said, would you consider that excuses one makes for mistakes they make, that they might actually be lying to themselves, well, I think that is a good observation and a true one that excuses are often lies, uh sort of self-deception. And and of course uh, uh Anthony you said earlier, you quoted Jesus who said that father uh, Satan is the father of all lies. And so this would be another device of Satan relative to the idea of lying, but here lying actually to oneself making an excuse, you know, to dismiss or uh sort of uh, argue away from the the responsibility of something wrong that you've done
3: Yeah, absolutely i think uh you know excuses are something that that people love to make and we can easily trick ourselves uh you know i think the satan is very good at allowing uh, you know allowing us to make excuses for ourselves and excusing our actions and behaviors and saying oh you know for example the whole idea of a of a white lie you know, well, you know, it, it's just a small thing. It, you know, It was it's not done gonna,
1: to protect someone else, right? right? It was exactly. in their
3: best interest is what right. we think. Yeah. So, you know, he, he's very good at that. And it's something that we have to be on guard for. We can, uh, you know, sin is not something that tends to devastate our lives overnight. It's something that happens slowly. And it's by those little excuses and those small compromises that we wake up one day and find ourselves you know, uh, so far off the the straight and narrow path that, uh, you know, that we really have to make some changes in our lives. Exactly right. You know, what it shows
1: us, though, is if we're participating in this excuse making and in this line, we're actually helping out Satan to to accomplish it. We're ready and we're willing to buy into these lies that Satan has presented to us. We're looking for these lies that we can tell ourselves and the excuses that we're giving.
2: You know, Dad, we've got to be careful about that. That's right. I think Dan makes a good observation. Appreciate your comments, Dan. Thanks for listening tonight. Thank you, Dan. We appreciate that.
1: 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeu.com. Plenty of time for you to join in tonight.
2: Let me suggest another lie that I think we see uh, out there uh, is the idea that this life is all there is there isn't anything beyond this life and that we should live for the moment since this is all there is what do we got maybe 80 years it's not going to last very long and it's all there is when when we're dead it's all over and therefore we need to to go for it get get as much pleasure and enjoyment as we possibly can uh and uh you know live for the moment that that's a lie that uh Uh, satan has really promulgated in the world uh that lie actually involves several uh subtitles the the lie implies that there is no eternity that there is no heaven and hell it further implies that there is no judgment and that there is no accountability now if all of those premises were true let, let me let me recite them again if it were true that there is no eternity if it were true that there is no heaven or hell, if it is true there's no judgment and if there's true there's no accountability to be had, then the the right conclusion might possibly be yes, live for this moment if it's all there is. But all of those things that we just mentioned are act, actually lies. And therefore, the conclusion is a lie, too. Well, you know, we talked about the wild oats
1: sowing that young people, that's excuse a lot of young people, a lot of lie, a lot of young people are buying into the lie that Satan presents that you should sow your wild oats. This is probably a lie that is more susceptible to those who are older, maybe maybe jaded uh, to some extent, uh, Anthony, who think, well, there's really no use in trying. Let's just live for the moment. And uh, we see a lot of old people who are buying into this life.
3: Yeah, it, that's right. You know, people who have gone through life, maybe they've suffered lots of difficulties and they come to the conclusion, you know, that, well, th- this is all there is. And, you know, this idea goes all the way back to uh, to the Greeks and Epicurus uh, who said, you know, eat, drink and be merry for tomorrow we shall die. And this is not a new idea. And it's been misleading people for centuries and millennia and uh So it's something that we have to be on guard for. Hebrews 9.27 tells us the
1: simple fact, it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. No one denies the fact that it's appointed to men once to die. It's that second part of the verse there, Dad, that people have a problem with, and that is after the death, we have judgment. We're going to have to give account
2: for the way we live our lives. Exactly right. And, you know, really, to to offset this lie, we've done this in past programs in the virtual Bible study, you know, we, we would have to talk about the proof That there is a heaven the proof that there is a hell i mean we as you said jake we all understand we're going to die the question is is there life beyond is there an existence beyond the grave and and the evidence is clear that there is the evidence is all tied in with with the evidences of the the truthfulness of the scripture the truthfulness of jesus as the son of god you know i've made the point I, i think it's worth stressing that when it comes to the subject of hell, Jesus himself was the individual who had the most to say about that in all of the Bible. And so what that does is it links the reality of hell with with the reality of Jesus. If you believe in Jesus, you have to believe in hell because he was the one who spoke most about it. And so uh, uh, this idea that this life is all there is, live for the moment, it's a true lie of Satan, and it is a lie that is established upon other lies it's a, it's actually a conclusion drawn from a whole pack of lies that satan has tried to push off on mankind and some people unfortunately have bought into it Maybe we – oh, you have something, Andy? Well, I was just going to say, you know,
3: the whole idea you – know, there's so many – so many books have been written, so many movies have been made about people trying to find purpose in their lives. And, you know, we have this whole notion in our culture of a midlife crisis where people wake up in in their middle age and they realize they don't know what they're doing in life. They don't know where they're going, What what is the purpose of life. You know, fortunately – God blessed us I believe with sort of an innate desire to to find a purpose in life find a purpose for each day and sort of seek that you know it's been said that that humans have this uh this desire to seek a higher power at least some of us do unfortunately some of us find the the right way and many of us don't but um you know, we life, uh, you know, the reason we are constantly searching for purpose in life is because there is a purpose. And that purpose is to to follow God and keep his commandments and uh, so that we can gain that home in heaven. Certainly. You know, Dad, uh, maybe people don't buy into this
1: lie 100 percent. And uh, some people will say they may not buy into the, the the lie that Satan says that this life is all there is a lot of people are living for the moment and saying i'll make correction of my deeds later i'll turn to god later on in life that's another lie that satan wants us to believe is you got plenty of time it's all right to live it up now and just correct your life a little bit later on
2: yeah procrastination you know um uh i suppose that's a common uh, sort of a common characteristic of mankind uh, to do that but it is one of the most dangerous things that uh, that we could possibly do. I remember I remember hearing a preacher preach a sermon on the most dangerous sin, and I, and his conclusion was the most dangerous sin was that sin of procrastination, putting off obedience when we knew when we knew we should.
1: But Satan tells you you got lots of time, no reason to worry about God now. Why not have some fun, and live like you want to live, and you've got time to correct it later. There's one more lie that we need to talk about before we're done, and that is the lie that Satan tells us that it's too hard to live for God. It's impossible to live for God. In fact, there's no way that you could be pleasing to God and that you can live a life of faithfulness to him. That's the lie that Satan wants us to believe, and there are a lot of people who are buying into that.
2: You know, I, I've actually talked to people who believe that, who just believe that they were they were at a point where they couldn't possibly be the kind of person they needed to be. Being a Christian would be impossible for them they, there wasn't any use to start because they would never make it anyway. If you can't, if you can't make it, no use starting. Uh, being a Christian is impossibly hard. There's no use making the effort. And the scriptures just, again, deny that. It's a lie of Satan. The Christian life is, 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 uh, uh, doable, I guess is the, the way we want to say it. Um, uh, the, the reason it's doable is not because of our own strength, but because of God's promised help. In Hebrews thirteen verses five and six, he has said, "I will never leave thee nor forsake thee," so that we may boldly say, "The Lord is my helper; I will not fear what man shall do unto me." You know, again, if it, if if we had to live it on our own without any help, it might well be impossible. But the promise of God makes it a doable thing. Exactly right. First Corinthians ten verse thirteen has some more comforting
1: words for us, Anthony, as we think about living a life that's pleasing to God. There's a promise there as well that we can take great comfort in.
3: That's right. Uh, 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13 says, There hath no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So there we have a promise that... You know, we're not going to face things in this life that are just absolutely insurmountable, but that God will provide a way for us to overcome.
1: Whatever challenge Satan wants to put in front of us, there's a way of escape. There's a way to live that will be pleasing to God, and we have the strength to do that if we'll follow God. He's provided us a way of escape. We need to take confidence in that, Dad, as Satan presents these temptations to us. All of the lies we've talked about tonight— God has presented us a way to get around those lies and to remain faithful to him.
2: That's exactly right. And, and what we, we, maybe go back to our introduction. Remember John eight forty four, Jesus said, Satan is a liar and the father of all lies. And therefore, we got to be aware that this is a device. Second Corinthians two eleven says he uses many devices. We should not be ignorant of his devices. And these lies are uh, some some uh, very favorite tools in Satan's bag of tricks that he will use to try to deceive us and cause us to sin and to be lost eternally. And therefore. We need to see these things for what they are. They are just absolutely lies. And, and, uh, th- there are others that, that probably could be added to the list that we've talked about tonight. But these are some very familiar ones. And, and, uh, unfortunately, if we were, if we were going to make a guess, we'd have to say that the vast majority of the world has fallen victim to one or more of the lies that we talked about tonight. And that Satan has been very successful in his work in in using these tools to cause people to be lost eternally.
1: And so the moral of the story is, Dad, Satan's going to be using lies as he comes to us. We need to use God's word to compare what Satan is telling us with what God has told us in His word, and we need to see the lies for what they are and realize the truth that God has presented to us in His word and live by it and not by the lies that Satan
2: is presenting. All right, Satan. Satan never tires in his work. He is constantly and endlessly trying to accomplish his purpose and his purpose is as we said to cause us to be lost eternally i I always thought it was remarkable that satan would even try to say uh, to tempt jesus himself you know he, he's 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 not he's uh, scared of any challenge he'll go after anybody he went after jesus uh, it's interesting in mark Uh, Excuse me, in Matthew 4, we read about the temptation of Jesus, and it says Satan departed. And you might be left with the impression that when when he had tempted Jesus, he just left and didn't come back. Jesus resisted temptation once and didn't have to face it anymore. But Luke's account of that in Luke 4, verse 13, it says when the devil had ended all the temptation, he departed from him for a season. He wasn't gone forever, and Jesus had to continue to fight temptation and sin just as we do. And so we're never going to be over there. We're never going to be finished with that battle in this lifetime. We've got to be constantly fighting against Satan.
1: You know, you look at the temptation that Satan presented to Jesus, though. So what was he doing? He was deceiving again, right, using these falsehoods, twisting Scripture. And so that's his nature. We've got to be on guard against his lies. And so appreciate the discussion tonight. Anthony, thanks for coming. Hope that you'll come back and join us again.
3: Yeah, I appreciate it. I uh, had a really good time, and uh, as always, it's a great discussion, and we really uh, enjoy what you guys are doing here. It's it's a great a great work, and uh, and I love listening to the show, it's great, to Exciting to be a part of it. Well, you're glad you were a part of it tonight. Dad, thank you for the discussion.
2: I think we were able to talk about some things. Hopefully, that will be a help, and uh, we appreciate those who listened and those who emailed. Make it a regular appointment with us on Thursday night. Join us for the virtual Bible study. Thank
1: Thank you again for joining us, and we hope you'll be back here next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. Tell a friend to be a part of the Virtual Bible Study as well. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.